Ladies and gentlemen, 2020 has been one of the most depressing, downright sad, shameful years in the history of at least our lifetimes. But it's almost over, baby. Happy New Year, Lieutenant Dan. This is the last 2020 episode of Convince Me. Oops, that's right. Welcome in uh, our last episode of 2020. Our first calendar year of this show is coming to an end. This is episode 37, 38, something like that. Of something like that. Yeah. As always, I'm Andy Rutherford, joined by Mr. Brian Bennett, Mr. Casey Elrod. Gentlemen, how goes it for the last time of this year? I'm proud, Andy, and here's why. I have made it 37, 38 episodes. I've made it a, almost a full year without you banishing me from this show. It's quite that hasn't crossed my mind a time or 12. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's just go ahead and get 2020 over with. Let's do this. I'm, I'm, I concur. Uh, this is going to be a weird show this week. Uh, completely off format. Uh, completely unlike anything we've ever done, maybe something we'll never do again. Uh, but this year we're going to be looking back at the year that was 2020. And then at the end, we'll kind of look forward a little bit to the year that is going to be 2021. But before we do, we need a drop here. Do, do, do. It's your weekly shield. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you're following us on all of our social medias. Um, facebook.com slash convince me show our most active page every Tuesday night you get the special preview uh, of every episode at 6 p.m. in the video format make sure you're over there checking it out if you're not already for those of you watching us on Facebook stay tuned special news for you here uh, in the next little bit uh, we're also on Twitter at convince me show. Occasionally we get lazy and we let you guys pick their poll topics or pick the show topics. And we do that with polls over on Twitter. Make sure you're following us there. If you're going to follow us on Facebook, you're going to follow us on Twitter. You might as well follow us on Instagram. Convince me show nothing overly special over there except Bennett's awesome show graphics. Um, you can find those in the others too, but they're specifically highlighted there uh, on Instagram. And of course, every single week, every single episode in its entirety in video format over on YouTube, tinyurl.com slash convince me show. And of course, the podcast drops every Wednesday, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. If we're not where you listen to your favorite podcasts, let us know and we'll do what we can to get there. Gentlemen, there's been a lot of downs this year. Obviously, yeah. there's a global pandemic. Uh, there was a very tumultuous presidential election. We live in a part of the country that went through a terrible 
tornado that that killed several people did a lot of damage at the early part of this year of course we're in middle tennessee just on christmas day there was a bombing uh in nashville it's kind of been a crap year um some celebrity deaths that that were crushing for us all but you know what it hasn't been all bad there have been some some good things to come out of 2020 um this show was born out of quarantine boredom and this show it like i've said before is hands down the greatest show that we host it's it's fantastic and maybe if not for quarantine boredom we wouldn't have this show 2020 produced this show um my wife gave birth to a human that's crazy that's a cool thing that happened in 2020 um and there were some other highlights to 2020 and that's what we're gonna look at tonight we're gonna look back um for a vast majority of our show at the year in review uh and we're gonna look at it through the scope of a lot of things you know kind of our tagline when we started the show was we're gonna cover sports movies music and just pop culture and we have a show sheet uh, peek behind the curtain uh, of show ideas on an Excel spreadsheet, and they're broken down in the topics of sports, music, movies, pop culture. Um, so those are the topics we're going to look at tonight and look at them from different aspects. But the first question, gentlemen, I want to start with, and I definitely want to start with Mr. Bennett on this one. Bennett, at the end of every show, you say that it's your favorite show we've ever done or at least one of our favorite shows you've ever done but i'm going to put you on the spot here although it's not really on the spot is this it's on our format you knew it was coming but i want to know the truth mr bennett what was your favorite show we've done this year yeah this was a tough one because i started to think i was like let me narrow it down by thinking about what's my favorite shows. So I narrowed it down to 36. <laughs> then I said, okay, well, I guess any of the shows where I put a uh, Forrest Gump reference in there. So I narrowed it down to 36. So all of them have been my favorite show, but there's a couple or, or more maybe that were my favorite, favorite shows. And if I have to go with one, I'm going to go with the best horror slasher episode that we had. I like it because we had a special guest, a very good friend, friend of the show, Mr. Alex, came on. It's always good when we have Alex on. It's always good when we have any special guest on. Um, Halloween time is probably my favorite time of the year. I'm a big horror movie junkie especially those slasher films so this was like right down my alley um, of the three I got Jason which probably would have been my third choice so I really enjoyed doing some research and I actually learned a whole lot more about Jason and now he's probably up there with the other two as far as um, how much I enjoy um, the films so for me overall, it was just a really fun episode to do. Sweet. That was a fun mm. episode to do. Elrod, what was your favorite show we've done so far in 2020? 
Well, I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that my favorite show that I had a part in is the legendary DC versus Marvel show. I mean, that was great. I mean, we, it, I was on my game on that episode. Uh, the Marvel fans were very, very complimentary of me and my knowledge about the characters. Uh, the X-Men love me. Uh, the X-Men fans love me. Okay. I have a question. Though. That was a joke. I have that a was a joke if you haven't watched the show before. Total joke. Quick question. Have you guys ever heard of Gambit? Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of Gambit before? Yeah, yeah, Gambit. But my favorite shows, I've really narrowed it down to two. But I got to go with Austin Powers. This was my first true win on the show versus Rutt. And he, um, uh, he, he let his guy down. He let Wayne's World down. Austin Powers won, and it was great. I, I just want to also say one thing else. I took Eagles Nation into the pit of death versus the Beatles. Do you know how hard that was to do, to, to formulate an argument that the Eagles were better than the Beatles? And I came very close to winning that argument. So I just want to send a shout out to my fellow Eagle Knights out there that we were close to beating the greatest band of all time. So that would be my second one. But I would say DC versus Marvel is probably my favorite one. You know, uh, look, I'm kind of a numbers guy. And I, I struggled with picking a favorite episode because it came down to two. Did it come down to which one I had the most fun in? Or did it come to which one had the most numbers? Now, if we want to look at numbers, far and away, and I'm not a thousand percent sure why, far and away, our most popular episode was the Garth Brooks versus George Strait episode. It's that got like 1,500 views. <laughs> I mean, the thing blew up on YouTube. Um, and I, it's our most listened to podcast as well. Uh, but yeah, like 1,500 views on YouTube, which, you know, to YouTubers is a crappy commercial. But for us, um, that's a huge deal. So that episode has a place in my heart for that reason. But I have to say the most fun I had was a show that I did zero research for because I am a walking encyclopedia for such topics. Uh, another very popular episode we had, and that was The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That was a fun episode. That was in my element. Um, and at the end of the show, after my win, I got to have the random person off screen not throw me a beer can, but throw me a couple bottles of water. I got to douse myself. I got to piss my wife off by getting water all over our kitchen. Um, it was just really a good time. So if we're looking at the most fun I had during an episode, definitely Rock versus Steve Austin. So... Yeah, that episode was great. It was a slobber knocker of an episode. <laughs> and that that it was. Bennett, what, that what, may have been. what are we going to look at next? Well, let's just jump right into these categories. And I figured the best way for us to start is we start on a high note. We start on some of the highlights of the year. And, uh, Elrod, I'll start with you. Tell me – something that was a highlight 
in the field of sports this year in 2020? I've got two things on my mind. First of all, I'm not a big fan of the Los Angeles Lakers, but them winning their 17th championship in a crazy year like we had, in a year that started off with Kobe Bryant passing away in January, which we'll talk more about that later on. But them winning the championship in the same year that Kobe passed away, really, if you if you had to – I know there's a lot of Laker haters. I'm not a big fan of the Lakers. But them winning the NBA championship this year was sort of right in my book. Uh, and they won it in the bubble in Orlando with no fans. It's just – it intertwines everything we've experienced this year. And another thing that stood out to me this year was the Masters. We didn't have – the spring masters, we had the fall classic masters, no spectators. <laughs> the scoring was crazy, but Augusta national was beautiful. Uh, in, in the fall, I think they should have it twice a year. It looked just as good in November as it did in April. Uh, but Dustin Johnson winning the masters by five shots, um, wins his second major and 20 under par in this tournament broke the tournament record so i would uh i look at the lakers win the nba championship and dustin johnson as my two highlights of the year in the sports arena yeah you know um talk about the lakers you know lebron got his what fourth ring mm-hmm. his fourth so that puts him two behind jordan that puts him three behind robert ori <laughs> and that puts him seven behind bill russell so he's getting there He's getting there, right? What about you? What about what's your highlight for sports? Well, my highlight for 2020 in the sports world is a little obscure. Um, not everybody saw it because you had to pay to watch it. I don't know if either of you two gentlemen saw it, although I know me and myself and Mr. Elrod have discussed it. Um, but you know, we did an episode a few weeks ago, the Mike Tyson versus Muhammad Ali fight, and we did it as kind of the, the build-up, because that was Tyson's comeback week against Roy Jones Jr. And while you watch that show, I paid the money. I watched the show. The fight was what it was. Um, the card was what it was. But the highlight of that show will probably will go down as the highlight of sports in 2020 because sports in 2020 have been weird. But my highlight is Snoop Dogg doing color commentary – on boxing if you did not see this this is the oh lord jesus this is the most iconic fascinating entertaining thing i have ever that has ever graced my ears in my life when jake paul knocked out nate robinson and Snoop Dogg starts singing a gospel hymn, going, oh, Lord, and just singing as a color commentator. You're in the floor rolling. When Tyson and Roy Jones start, you know, heating up and throwing some punches, he's talking about, this is like my drunk uncles at the barbecue. Somebody go get grandma. They're fighting again. It was the most entertaining thing maybe of this entire year. So my highlight of 2020 in the sports world Snoop Dogg doing color commentary. I don't know why he hasn't done that before. If he has, I never heard of him doing any commentary before, other than what the, the nature him. channel stuff. Do what? Like the, the nature stuff where there's like yeah. the honey badger and stuff. Yeah. Somebody needs to pay him a lot of money. 
to do that. My highlight in sports is also in L.A., unfortunately, and that would be the uh, Dodgers finally winning a World Series. Mm. They haven't won since 1988, even though they've won the division every year since 2013. Um, and another one, though, I'd like to throw in, too, would be how all these sports still found a way to somehow get through a season, a half a season, a quarter of a season during all this and how they are able to pull this off. And I really applaud – I don't watch a lot of NBA, but I applaud – I think they did the greatest job as far as the measures that they took to uh, go through with the season. That was very impressive. So, Dodgers win the World Series and NBA and the uh, their fights for against COVID, I guess, would be my highlight. Yeah, ma- major props, NBA. I probably – Oddly enough, I probably watched more NBA this year than I have in the last decade just because bubble basketball fascinated me uh, for a little bit. And, yeah, the NBA definitely did better uh, than any other sports league as far as getting ahead of this and, and getting the product out. Yeah, um, another thing, when we weren't able to watch sports, you know, usually you turn to movies and watch movies. Well, <laughs> We couldn't exactly go out and watch movies, but let's kind of touch a little bit about some of the movie highlights that we had. And Rudd, I'll let you start us off. What was the movie highlight of 2020? My movie highlight of 2020 is not a a particular movie itself, but more of an actor, a man that, that you've seen him in things, you know who he is, but the pandemic really brought out the entertainment factor and who he really made him a star. And that's Leslie Jordan and everything he did uh, on Instagram and, and social medias in general. For those of you who I say the name Leslie Jordan, you're not sure who he is. He's, he's the short little old white guy with the white hair that talks real funny um, he, he's been in a lot of things. I believe he was in Will and Grace. He was in American Horror Story several of those seasons. Uh, but some of his posts went absolutely viral because they were absolutely hilarious. They brought a lot of levity to the situation of really in the heart of quarantine uh, and everything being down. And how long, how many days are in March? Uh, I mean, it, it's what y'all doing? fantastic stuff uh great impression that there's not a lot of movie news this year um so i would definitely call his social media efforts the highlight all right what about you what was your movie highlight i want to mention two movies and i want to see if either of you have heard of these movies the 800 number two my people my homeland have y'all heard of those movies the 800 sounds familiar, but I didn't see it. These were the top two grossing movies at the box office for the year. They're both uh, uh, movies from China. Uh, this is the first time in history that China overtook the U.S. as the world's largest box office, partially because a lot of theater chains have not been in operation since March in this country. If you look at highest grossing American movie, how about Martin Lawrence and Will Smith stand up? Bad Boys for Life, but that's not going to be the movie I talk about right now. 
because the movie that really really uh, stuck out to me is a movie called Run. It's on Hulu. It's got Sarah Paulson as the lead star. You may, uh, may remember her from uh, American Horror Story uh, and the, uh, the FX special, uh, The People versus O.J. Simpson. She was Marsha Clark. But Run is a fantastic movie. It's actually supposed to be released back uh, in uh, the springtime. And they kept pushing it back, pushing it back. And finally, they had to make a decision. And Hulu came in and bought the rights of the movie to put it on their, um, on their streaming service. And it's the most watched Hulu movie of all time already. Uh, so if you haven't watched the movie run, check it out. It's a great thriller. So that's the that would be the one highlight from movies for my end. My, my highlight, it's not a huge highlight, but it's uh, Birds of Prey. I actually, this is the only movie that I watched in a real life theater for 2020. We've, I think we went and saw that like the first or second week of February, which was right before everything went crazy. So yeah, it was crazy actually to see something in a theater. It's, it's a weird concept to think of now. It's, it's actually a pretty good uh, DC movie. It got pretty good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, I think like 78%, and it grossed over $200 million, But yeah, so for what it is, I'm going with Birds of Prey for the sheer fact that I actually got to watch that. Um, in a theater um, moving along here um, music we had a lot of music I guess because people didn't have <laughs> not a lot else to do um, all right start us off here what was the music highlight a couple of things that come to mind Taylor Swift released two albums this year uh, she didn't release anything the previous year, but she just released her second album in the calendar year. Um, one thing that, that I looked at uh, the weekend, uh, his uh, new song, Blind and Lots. If you look on Spotify, uh, 1.6 billion streams in one year. That's unbelievable for one song. Uh, the highlight, though, uh, I'm going to have to go. I'll talk more about this lady later on in the show, but Billie Eilish, uh, she was the most streamed female artist uh, on Spotify this year. And uh, I'll talk more about this 007 movie later on. She's also the new voice of the new Bond uh, theme song in the new um, uh, Daniel Craig, James Bond movie that hopefully we'll get to see in April of next year. Right. What about you? What you got for music? Um, mine it comes. This could have went in the shocker category, uh, in some senses, but I'm putting it here because there's even bigger shocker in my shocker category. Um, but kind of under the radar, kind of unexpectedly, ACDC put out an album a couple months ago, uh, with Brian Johnson back. We all know he had an illness, left. Axl Rose took over for a little bit. But Brian Johnson came back, and ACDC put out an album. And, you know, guys put out – these older rock class rock bands put out albums of all new music, and people are kind of meh. This album was fantastic. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard it, but it's it, it's it's classic ACDC. Um, it – debuted at number one and crazy enough 
when you look at the demographic of something like that, the reason it debuted at nearly no, at number one for the first time in a long time was powered by a lot of CD sales, uh, even in the year 2020. I mean, it did really well on Spotify streaming too, but it debuted at number one because it blew everybody away in CD sales. Um, but it was a fantastic album. I think they're ramping up for uh, another tour with Brian Johnson back once you know, people can tour again. Uh, but not only the ACDC put out an album, they put out a pretty dang good album uh, that did pretty well. And that's, to me, as far as artists I like, there haven't been a lot of new stuff this year. Uh, so that's no. definitely the highlight. For me, definitely the highlight for music for 2020 is 2020 is going to go down as the year for female hip hop. In particular, Doja Cat, Cardi B, and Megan Thee Stallion. All three of these landed songs inside the top 50, uh, Rolling Stone's top uh, 50 songs of 2020. And Megan Thee Stallion's WAP was number one, the number one song of 2020. It was the song of the summer. Everybody's well acquainted with that song by now. That's all I want to say about it. But... <laughs> A little bit more surprising is uh, the song um, Savage Remix um, was also uh, a number one hit and it won an MTV Music Award. But really shocked me is the on TikTok, the TikTok views where you do the Savage Remix has 7.5 billion views on TikTok for this, where people do the little savage dance, whatever it is. I don't know if y'all seen this or not um and finally two doja cat had a song called say so that actually had two grammy noms and three mtv award noms and um it was also a top 10 uh in the, in the billboard 100 so all three of these ladies had a really 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 huge year in 2020 and finally i'll start with rut what about, you know, we covered sports, music, movies. What about pop culture in general? What's the highlight for, for pop culture this year? You know, this is something that, A, is kind of hard to believe that it was 2020 because it seems like it's so long ago. Um, but, and really, I think the pandemic helped this because everybody was at home. But something that that should have gone into more of a, a movie or music category, but really took over and bled hardcore into pop culture. I think it's the rise in popularity, massive popularity of Tiger King. Um, this TV show <laughs> on Netflix that goes absolutely crazy about these crazy people that keep tigers and you know it's everybody talks about the walking dead and it got to a point where it's no longer about the zombies it's about the humans that trust me the popularity of this documentary doesn't have a dang thing to do with any tigers um <laughs> the characters in this would be trashy in walmart um but the popularity took over the world uh, you've got Joe Exotic, who may have, I don't even know how to describe Joe Exotic. Um, you've got your lesser characters that are 
you know, make hundreds, if not thousands of dollars on cameo now from being a lesser, being a lesser character, uh, in that, um, in that series. And, you know, there was this thing for years and I'm not getting political. I'm talking about the joke aspect of it, of everything. Every time anything happens, somebody said, thanks, Obama. Well, thanks, Obama has now been replaced by that Carol Baskin. So <laughs> I'll out of 2020 in pop culture is Tiger King. <laughs> you know, uh, the piggyback off what you said, Rod, uh, about uh, Tiger King, there's a big push internally right now uh, to, uh, to uh, on Trump, um, Donald Trump's last days to give him, give Joe Exotic a pardon. Which would be, I think the the charge that he's in prison for, I think, is a federal crime. So he can pardon him, and he's walking out of prison. So that would be quite a. We start off twenty twenty with the Tiger King, and we could potentially close it with Joe Exotic walking out of prison. That would be quite an end into this year. But what really made Tiger King popular in the early days is what I'm about to discuss. It's got to be TikTok. This year was the year of TikTok. And our generation, maybe more so your generation, uh, right, and Bennett, MySpace was the big social media craze in, when you're in high school. Then it became Facebook for my generation. Four or five years down the line, it was Facebook. Then the generation was Twitter. With this generation, this teen high school generation, it's all TikTok. TikTok has become so popular that – uh, we'll talk about Trump even more. Trump threatened to basically force the sale of TikTok because it was becoming so popular this summer. We, we got we to gotta force TikTok to sell. TikTok, billions of views a day. It's it's crazy. The music, it, I've got a, an account now. It's, it's pretty fun. But 2020, and you've got the Tiger King, but you've got TikTok. If, if Tiger King is 1A, TikTok is 1B in terms of 2020. I've got another one for you, too. Um, I'm sure you know Netflix and TikTok and the Netflix shows, Hulu shows, whatever. They've been huge. I'm going to throw another dog in the fight, too, and I'm going to say that 2020 is the year of the sports card. And This is something I'm very, very, very um, familiar with. Um, when the pandemic hit, a lot of people – were at home, they were bored, they didn't really have anything to do. So a lot of people started pulling out their old shoe boxes of old baseball cards that may have been in the closet for 20, 30 years, and they started going through them. And out of nowhere, there was just this huge surge of popularity for, um, for sports cards. You know, there was a lot of people that re-entered the hobby after taking, you know, maybe one, two, three decade or longer hiatus. There's been a ton, a ton of new people in the hobby that are just surging these prices. And the prices have been all the way across the board. Basketball has been huge, especially overseas. But it's also baseball, football, um, hockey, even some like soccer and even like wrestling cards. All that stuff, it's way high vintage cards, which is what I've been getting into. All of that's high, even Pokemon, which I'll talk about Pokemon here later on. But to give you an example of how crazy sports cards have gotten, um, I started doing a little bit of investing into it, and I picked up a uh, LeBron James card with him in his Lakers uniform, one of the very first ones with him in his Lakers uniform. 
just a base card, I picked it up for $20, which is absurd. There's no reason why this thing shouldn't be a $1 or $2 card. And um, I held it, I held it, I held it. And then whenever they got into the finals, I sold it. And I sold it for $100 on eBay. Yeah, That's a 5 profit on a card that really, it's, it's not anything special. It's a base card that anybody can pull out of a pack. So it's just how crazy the prices and popularity in sports cards has been. Probably the biggest surge in sports cards since probably like the 80s. Wow. So, yeah, it was a huge year for sports cards. Nice. This is the point. We're going to take a break because we've got to fit a commercial in here somewhere for the podcast. However, before we hit the record button, I'll, tell, I'll go ahead and tell you, our next thing we're going to look at is shocker of the year in all these categories. And Mr. Elrod made a suggestion before we started uh, this show, probably his biggest contribution to this show thus far, because he doesn't have many. No, not many. Elrod said it's the last one of the year. Let's give it to the Facebook people for free. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. If you're watching us on Facebook, it's going to look just like it does on YouTube every week where there's going to be about a half a second of black, and then we're going to pop right back up. But for purposes of the podcast, we are going to take a break right here. So whether you're on the podcast, on YouTube, or even this week on Facebook, we will be right back. Welcome back, podcast, YouTube, Facebook viewers. Um, Full show this week, courtesy of Mr. Elrod's idea for the first time. Listeners, viewers, fans of the show, you can thank Mr. Elrod. Um, shocker of the year for our show, probably. Um, but Elrod, we're going to talk about some more shockers of the year, are we not? We are. Um, we'll start off with sports. And I think this is going to be what we call a social in sports. And I'll start off. The shocker for sports this year has got to be Kobe Bryant passing away back in, on January 26th. In any, other, in any other year, the death of Kobe Bryant, it would be by far the lead story of the year. But it almost seems like that was two or three years ago, doesn't it? I mean, it seems like that was such a long time ago. But I think in terms of sports, the shocker of the year has got to be Kobe. What do you say, right? Uh, actually, yes, I agree because that's what I have done for my shocker of the year uh, is definitely the death of Kobe. It, it's one of those one of those moments where you remember where you were, what you were doing. Um, I was at church because I'm a good church going boy, and um, church ended, and I looked at my phone, and I had a text message from friend of the show, Kurt Conger, who's been on here with us. Uh, as a special guest before and uh he said are you seeing this and i said no what airplane helicopter crash in la um so believe that kobe was on it and i'm getting chill bumps right now talking about it uh and and another guy that we all know uh that i go to church with came over and was like have you looked at your phone and um yeah it's just one of those surreal moments that you don't think is possible uh he was mamba he was immortal 
Um, whether you're a big Kobe fan or not, I'm a Celtics fan. I hated Kobe most of his career. Um, but huge shocker, huge loss, not only for the basketball world, but for the city of LA and people in general. Uh, that was mm-hmm. a huge loss. And yeah, it was a complete shock. So I, I agree. What about you, Bennett? Yeah, it's hard to debate anything other than it being uh, us losing Kobe Bryant, but, uh, throw something else out there. I'm going to say um, Mike Tyson returning to boxing after 15 years. You know, he he proved that, you know, boxing still had a place for him. He, he looked the part. He looked pretty good for the most part. And one thing that really shocked me was this is not the same Mike Tyson that we remember that was reckless and had a whole lot of uh, issues going on within himself. He looks like he's more at peace with himself. He's in a good place. So this is a this is a very good Mike Tyson that we saw. So that was kind of a shocker to see him get back in the boxing ring. It's like it was, you know, two thousand again. It looks so, like he's ready for another title run. It does. He, he's that built. It's amazing seeing some of the training videos that he put out before that match. Um, we'll transition. We'll go to in terms of what is the shocking or shocker of the year in the movie Ram. Uh, right, I'll let you start off. What shocked you in terms of movies, other than the fact we haven't had many new ones this year? Well, and that could be why. And again, I hate to to have this category on such a depressing note, um, but I, I think the death of Chadwick Boseman has to be up there on biggest shockers. Um, this guy's a guy that really in the last six, seven years, rose to prominence as one of Hollywood's elite actors. He was Jackie Robinson in 42. Uh, he was Vontae Mack in Draft Day, which was a fantastic movie. He played James Brown. And all those were huge roles that that were highly accredited. And then he got the role of Lifetime, um, the role that really defined him, and that was Black Panther. And to know that for the last few years he's been shooting these movies and doing these things all while having cancer that nobody knew about. Um, no, I mean, I had most people had no idea he was battling cancer, was even sick at all. And then when news came out that he had passed away, uh, just a massive shock. How they were able to keep that tight lip was even it was probably even more shocking than the fact that he passed away mm-hmm. in this age of Twitter. In an age of people leaking everything, the fact that they were able to keep that so tight-lipped for years was truly amazing. What do you think, Ben? Uh, what do you find shocking with movies this year? One thing that I found shocking was how about the return of Borat? You know, the last movie was 14 years ago, and uh, he actually retired that character 13 years ago. So for him to bring this character back out of retirement and to uh, – you know, 13 years later and to go out in the middle of a pandemic and do this gig where tons of people should have recognized him was incredible. Um, it's just like the first one. It's funny. It's controversial. It's hit. He got hit with a ton of lawsuits. Um, even got a Rudy Giuliani in a very compromising, uh, situation. If you guys know about that, um, not only this too, it was the other thing that was shocking was, how critics hated the first one. They actually loved the second one. They got it. They got him at an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes for this. 
and it was the uh, second most watched um, movie to streaming at the time. It was number two when it came out as far as um, most streams. So that that's shocking, too, that there was that many people watching Borat. So just all around, I was completely shocked that we got uh, round two of Borat. I didn't think that the second Borat was as good as the first, but it's still, it will have you rolling. Some of, some of the people that fall for his act is quite hilarious. What I find shocking is really has to do with me. One of my favorite pastimes was going to the movies. I, I would see two or three movies a month. I love it. I've not seen a movie in a movie theater along with the rest of this country since March. And that just, it, it's going to be uh, surreal once they do start having movies again in movie theaters going back. I, I, I forgot what to do. It's crazy. So I think just the pure fact that we haven't been able to have that experience is, is crazy. Now, I wonder how long it's going to take for people to go back to the movies once they do open up. People might still be scared. So I don't know it, what the long-term effects of uh, revenue and everything goes with that with the movie theaters. So that's what I find shocking with movies. So let's transition to our next topic in the shock category. And we're going to go with music. And I'll start with you, Bennett. What did you find shocking with music this year? Um, for music, the most shocking thing was, I think, the uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl with J-Lo and Shakira. Um, they put <laughs> on a, a sh- they put on a concert, is what they did, instead of a, a halftime show. And this was more talked about than the Super Bowl. 103 million people tuned in to see this little halftime show, which is more people than tuned in for the Super Bowl itself. Um, some people loved the performance. Some people hated the performance. They said that it was too risque. But either way, it had everybody talking, and everybody was shocked that they did so good or shocked that it was so risque. But it had everybody talking. I've completely forgotten about that. That seems like a 10 years ago with everything that's happened this year. <laughs> Ow, that just gets lost in your mind. Right? What about you? My shocker of the year is something that I was actually not even introduced to till Christmas Day, three days ago. Uh, So there might be a lot of recency bias in this answer, but somebody that I've never been a huge fan of their music, um, their short acting career has been entertaining for me in a couple things, in the movie The Dirt, uh, in that stupid Sandra Bullock movie that, Everybody went crazy about that was overhyped. What was that movie? Bird Box. Yeah, Bird Box. But great movie. Great movie. Never been a huge fan of MGK's music, Machine Gun Kelly. It's just not my thing. Christmas Day, I was introduced to Machine Gun Kelly's new album. Machine Gun Kelly has switched from rap to a rock album. It's really dang good. I like it. That in and of itself is shocking he sounds decent that in and of itself is very very shocking uh a a satellite family member of mine on christmas day said have you heard mgk's new album said nope don't care to but he said listen to this and i listened to it and then i went home and i listened to the whole album it's good that's shocking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> MGK's rock album. 
is good. That's my, that's my shocker for the music. Well, here's my shocker of the year. In 2015, this person was nominated for CMA Entertainer of the Year for the first time and didn't get it. In 2017, they were nominated. They didn't get it. In 2019, they were nominated and should have got it in 2019, but didn't get it then. Nope. And there's a lot of people that said, is this guy blackballed? Is he ever going to win Entertainer of the Year? He had arguably the best tour each of these years, and he had a decent album each of these years. Eric Church finally won an Entertainer of the Year this year, remotely, on November 11th, is my shocking moment of the year in music. Finally, the Chief gets the respect that he deserves. So, Let's talk about just pop culture in general. Right? What did you find shocking this year in pop culture? This might be the most general answer we have on this entire show. But due to the advent uh, of social media, Facebook, Twitter, those sort of things, due to a lot of misinformation that's out there about COVID, about uh, the presidential election we just went through, and maybe it's just everybody being home and having too much time on their hands, but none of our listeners or viewers, of course, are going to fall into this category. None of them will. But my shocker of the year is the stupidity of people um, when it comes to pop culture. The stupidity of people to believe anything they read on the internet and nothing they read on a news media outlet. Don't get me wrong. I don't trust mainstream media very much at all. But when you look, I mean, I'm a journalism guy. Elrod, at one point, you were a journalism major. You didn't graduate there, but you were there. I graduated there. I've worked with several media outlets in my life. These people that think that, you know, media outlets are all liars and political fed and money fed, but this person that puts out a blog on the internet full of misspelled words and doesn't make any sense, but it's what they want to hear. That's what they believe. Um, stupid people and the things some people believe. Um, and I'm probably going to offend some people here. I hope I don't because you're smart. If you're listening to us, you're watching us, you're smart. I'm not going to get political. But if you've seen anything about this Nashville bombing uh, that happened Christmas Day, there are some people who genuinely believe that this was not an RB blown up, but somebody dropped a missile on 2nd Avenue. And they genuinely believe this. People mm -hmm. are stupid. And it's quite shocking. <laughs> Agreed. Bennett, <laughs> what did you find shocking in the realm of pop culture in 2020? That's, that's definitely hard to follow up because that has been shocking. But the one thing that has really shocked me this year is Pokemon cards. Did you ever collect Pokemon cards? Mm -hmm. I know me and Rudd did because he would, you know – we had the cards where we would go to back to Baxter and back, you know, riding and riding in the truck or in the car. We'd play with those poke. We didn't play it right, but we were playing it. Um, the demand for the um, original cards, which is like what I had, has went absolutely through the roof. It's, and these cards are now considered vintage, which makes me feel really, really, really old. Um, some of it's weird. I see some of these cards that I had. 
that are getting graded and they're selling for thousands of dollars. I went back and looked and cards that were 50 cent cards back in the day are now 10, 20, $40 cards. Like all these old Pokemon cards are outrageous. And that really shocked me because I pretty sure I threw all them away. <laughs> the, go to the landfill. Go to the landfill. I'm sure, I'm sure you can dig up a couple Living thousand dollars in cards. Line. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so that really shocked me that they're that, that highly collectible now. Well, I want to piggyback off of right. You know what, uh, in terms of pop culture and society in general, do you know what has ruined our society? Facebook. Facebook and Twitter, in terms of the last couple years, they've not, uh, up until here recently, they've not been policing the misinformation and the false stories. It's been the Wild West. And people have, what we've got in their society right now is everybody's in their little camp. And they're not going to eat either side on any issue. They're not going to listen to the other person. They're just going to go with their camp. And that's what um, social media has done. Everybody's in their own camp now. And it's a standoff. And that's pretty much where we are in society. And finally, there's been a little bit of an effort to police this. But I think we, at some point, you can't put the horse back in the barn. And I think that's where we are in this society. It's, it's only going to get worse. All right, so we, we looked at highlights. We've looked at shockers. Um, we have mentioned this has been somewhat of a down year, and maybe we're going to look at this in a way that hopefully isn't too depressing. But I want to look at disappointments of the year 2020. And I'm going to start with you, Bennett, and we're going to start in the sports world. Tell me the disappointment of the year in sports in 2020. Well, first off, the this category should be very easy for all of us, disappointments of the year. But for sports, the disappointment of the year, it's probably what Elrod's going to say, too. That was the Atlanta Braves. Mm. You know, I'm I'm used to them disappointing me, and but they really outdid themselves this year. And this one really hurt. You know, they had the shortened season. They, they were first in the division. They led the MLB in hits, doubles, RBIs, all-base percentage, and total bases. They swept the Reds in the wild card. They swept the Marlins in the NLDS and are up three to one in the NLCS. You're up three to one. You have to get it done. What do they do? They absolutely blow it. Mm-hmm. They had um, Freddie Freeman win the MVP and they had four people win silver sluggers. How do you not get this done? This was a huge disappointment, probably the most disappointing Braves team ever that I've in my lifetime. When you have a team on the brink like that, you got to put them in the bed, and they just didn't do it. I mean, the um, typical Braves, as we uh, we've all come to to expect. Uh, right, my disappointment in the sports world, uh, I would have said not having the Masters in the springtime, but having the fall Masters kind of evened it out. It, it was cool, but but the first the first cancellation we had, other than some NBA games with the pandemic. The first time that it kind of hit me, this is kind of a big deal, this pandemic, is when they canceled March Madness. Not having March Madness sucked. <laughs> Them playing the old NCAA games for the month of uh, March and end of the 1st of April, the Final Four, it sucked. Not having uh, so, some of these people, these mid-major programs, 
their seasons were robbed. They, they won their conference tournament, and they, they never got the chance to play for it all. Uh, so the biggest disappointment for me uh, with sports was not having March Madness this year. As for me, you know, I, I almost uh, March Madness, the cancellation of that almost went into disappointments and almost went into shocker for me just because you didn't think they were going to cancel it. They canceled the conference tournaments, but they'd find a way to do March Madness. They didn't. That was in consideration for this recency bias and very much personal bias. Uh, disappointment of the year could have very much been Marco Wilson throwing a shoe um, as a Florida Gator fan. Throws a shoe, honestly. Throws a shoe. <laughs> um, that was it. But I'm going to go back 20 years ago to January of this year. And probably the biggest disappointment, because you hear accusations about things all the time from everywhere. But to find out one is true, and I'm going to stick in the baseball world, it's hard to believe this was in 2020, but the Astros scandal came to light in January of this year. Uh, a mm -hmm. full-on biggest, probably the biggest uh, cheating, probably bigger than steroids, bigger than Pete Rose. This goes back to the level of the 1919 Black Sox and how big of a scandal this was, uh, the Astros stealing signs. Um, and like I said, you hear accusations of things like that all the time, but to find out, hey, it's true. People said for years, oh, the Yankees are a bunch of cheaters. Just because everybody hated the Yankees, the Yankees were winning everything. Astros start winning, oh, they're a bunch of cheaters, and then you find out, oh, crap, they really are. Um, and that cost the Mets Carlos Beltran as the manager. Um, because of that scandal. So I, I'm going to chalk that up as my biggest disappointment of the year. Is there anybody luckier than the Astros, though, this year? And the, fa and the, <laughs> the fact that they're almost a forgotten story on page 10 with everything else that's happened this year. That's <laughs> probably the bigger disappointment is they pretty much got away scot-free, more or less. Yeah. 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 Um. Let's go to movies. Elrod, other than there not being a lot of movies, what, <laughs> what's your movie disappointment for 2020? You know, I'm a 90s kid, right? Y'all are too. Growing up, one of the best movies from the 90s. The sequels, man, it's okay. Dr. Doolittle. G great, great two movies. I love Robert Downey Jr. I do not like Robert Downey Jr. in the movie Doolittle. This movie is terrible. It's 13% of Rotten Tomatoes. Not sure why Robert Downey Jr. wanted to be in this reboot, but that movie back in January was by far the biggest disappointment in movies this year. Yeah, it's a... <laughs> you know, instead of Do Little, it should have been Did Little. <laughs> Would have been a more appropriate title for that. Um, as, as for me, um, what about the 2020 version of The Grudge. I don't know if y'all watched the original that came out like, I think like 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Japanese based. It's a really good horror film. They, they redid it and it does not live to the original at all. It was an eight year in the making project that they did. So you would think in eight years, they'll be able to get it right. And it just didn't deliver. It's got a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
And it was very, very disappointing that you had that much time and you had such a good content to work with that you just completely blew it. How did I not hear about this? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I love the original. But you're not you're not missing nothing. So sounds like it. Mine has to be not so much with how terrible the movie was, but here's the thing. Growing up, a movie franchise I loved was Bill and Ted. Keanu Reeves, big breakout, Bill and Ted. Uh Bill and Ted's Excellent Journey, uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure. Years, 20 plus years, I've been waiting for a third Bill and Ted movie. In 2020, we get Bill and Ted 3. And I've been waiting for this moment to go to the theater and watch this movie for 22 decades. (laughs) Movie I can't go to the theater. It's released Straight to streaming. George Carlin, of course, has passed away. George Carlin's not in it. It's a movie that really, despite doing actually very well on Rotten Tomatoes, with like 84%, most of the diehards, most of the people that, that were like me and loved Bill and Ted hated Bill and Ted 3. This should have been one of the biggest movies in a long time. It should have been for people, especially people mine and Bennett's age and maybe a generation ahead of us, this big ordeal to go to the movies and watch Bill and Ted again. But you got to stream it at home. And it's a third movie that comes nearly 30 years later that just doesn't live up to the first two. Um, And to me, that is a big disappointment. Uh, So moving on from movies, moving to music. I'll start this one off, Um, and this is another kind of general thing, but we live in Middle Tennessee. We live, you know, an hour or so away uh, from Music City, USA. Elrod, you work in Nashville. I, up until a few months ago, worked in Nashville. And something that's a big part of my life for ever since I was old enough to drive is going to concerts. I go to concerts all the time. I travel around to go to concerts. I see big concerts. I see little concerts. Live music is something that that is very, very near and dear to me. And I think just in general, the biggest disappointment of the year was there's no live shows. There's canceled tours. There were supposed to be big money box office tours this summer that had to shut down. Um, There are no live music to go see in 2020 i have not been to a concert i went when did we see kiss bennett was that february 10 years ago in was february? it <laughs> it was at the beginning mm, of this year that, that's the only concert we barely got that concert in yeah yeah that's the only concert i saw this year um and usually i'm at like you know 10 15 20 uh, by the time the year's rolling down. So that, that was a huge disappointment. Um, no concerts for the year. Elrod, what about you? What's your biggest music disappointment? Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder. I was going to go with the live entertainment. The fact that Nashville is a home of country music, the home of live entertainment, not having any of that, just it's mind-boggling if you had told me that back in January. But I want to go with clean 
music, clean hip-hop music on the radio. Because with uh, Savage and WAP, you can listen to those songs on the radio and hear about 10 words between both the songs on 107.5 The River. So clean music on the radio, not having that uh, is my disappointment of the year in music. Isn't it? My disappointment of the year is a guy that we've already talked about, Red Dead, and that's Machine Gun Kelly. Like Red talked about, he was – he started out as kind of like an underground uh, rapper from Cleveland, and he rose to some pretty good fame. Um, he had a big beef with Eminem that didn't really work out for him, but he did rap with people like Wiz Khalifa and Little John and stuff like that. So he was making his way in the hip-hop scene and then he he drops hip-hop for this like uh punky pop 90s 2000 vibe that he has going on i think he went soft and i think he sold out he abandoned his whole rap thing which is what he owes all his career to that's what made him big um the music itself does sound good and i'm happy for him that he's finding success but i think that He's just doing it just to become a name. Um, it's funny. My wife hated him as a rapper. She loves him now as a, I guess, is he rock? Is he pop? I don't know what he is. But for me, it, it, I just kind of, I kind of feel like he sold out for the fame. So that was kind of disappointing for me. I find it funny that my highlight, because I wasn't <laughs> a fan of MGK as a rapper, I like this new album. Uh, I like that my it, highlight is your disappointment. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a different take on it because the music itself isn't bad. I just resent it because it's you might as well get George Strait in to be the lead singer of Slipknot. It's just what it sounds. It, it doesn't sound right to me, you know. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I, I think it should. Happen. That's that's what it sounds like to me. Everybody's like, "Man, have you heard George Strait's new album, Slipknot?" You know, <laughs> it's 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 not natural. Off the air as a... All right, Bennett. Um... <laughs> Make this happen. Uh... General lead pop culture. Biggest disappointment of the year. How about Taco Bell's decision to get rid of their entire menu? It's just a building now. Um, I'm used to Taco Bell taking away stuff that I love. I'm still wanting them to bring back the Volcano Tacos, which has been gone for years and years now. Taco Bell, if you're listening, please bring back the Volcano Tacos. But this year, they went too far. I was okay with the, what, spicy tostadas and the beefy Frito burritos getting canned. That's all fine and dandy. You know, we knew some things were going to get axed. But when they started messing with the potatoes and the triple-layer nachos, the seven-layer burrito, and the Mexican pizza, they went too far. What's left on the menu is a Baja Blast. That's all you can get. And I'm very disappointed. Oh, gosh. We got to send this in Taco Bell. That's what we got to do. Got to right. I'm on board. Well, my big, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself on this. I'm not one to follow the herd on watching TV shows. Like, if, if someone says, you got to watch this, got to watch this. I usually don't follow the herd. But I follow the herd. I started watching the show Yellowstone. Yellowstone is basically modern day Dallas in Montana with AK 47s and some cows. 
Yellowstone is now my favorite show. So I'm disappointed in myself. I'm following the herd on this, and I'm disappointed that Yellowstone is now my favorite television show. Or maybe that shows you how bad television shows are in 2020 when that is my favorite show. Isn't maybe it, that, that's a better. That's the show with Kevin Costner, isn't it? Yes. That's, yes. Why, that's why it's fantastic. If we ever do a Mount Rushmore show of actors, which I'm sure we will, Kevin Costner is like, he's there. Kevin Costner, Michael Keaton, who is the greatest Batman, call back to past episodes. Those are two locks for me. But my biggest disappointment of the year, and Bennett just reminded me of another episode, while we're calling out restaurant chains. Hey, Buffalo Wild Wings. Seriously? You're getting rid of hot barbecue for some sort of pizza sauce? Are you out of your freaking mind? Hot barbecue, you're going to get rid of. The thing that tastes so great and burns you twice, you're going to get rid of? So mm. disappointing. Who wants a pizza wing sauce? Stupid. But that's not my disappointment of the year. And my disappointment of the year, maybe it shouldn't be a disappointment. Maybe it should be a relief of the year. But in 2020, when the world is going to the crapper, they teased us with something we never got. Worldwide pandemic for the, the biggest one in a century, it happened. Um, devastation after devastation after devastation, it happened. What the heck happened to the murder hornets? Ooh. That was the Ooh. next big thing. We were supposed to get murder hornets. Now, don't we didn't get wrong. We're probably relieved. We should probably be very happy, very glad we didn't get murder hornets. But you teased <laughs> us. You didn't deliver. Where were the murder hornets? I bet they came in and they swooped up and they swung by Buffalo Wild Wings, took all the hot barbecue sauce, and then they went to Taco Bell and just wrecked the place. And then they went to Elrod's house and they said, he's watching Yellowstone, don't bother him. And then they left. I bet a missile took them all out. I mean, it was a missile. Watch the tape. All right. Those, those are the disappointments. Bennett, what's next? Okay. So we talked about disappointments. Now we're going to talk about who our MVP of the year award is. And hopefully none of y'all picked Taco Bell because I'm mad at them. But Elrod, yes. let's start with sports. What is or who or what is your MVP for sports? I could give this to LeBron. I mean, winning this fourth championship, completing the rebuild of the Lakers, averaging over 10 assists a game, three above his career average per game, the fact that he won the championship in the bubble. But my MVP for the year is ESPN for saving us for the month of May in into June with the release of of the Chicago Bulls documentary. How great was that? I mean, everybody was on edge about this documentary. It, I was on the edge of my seat. One of the greatest documentaries ever made that uh, profiles the last year of Jordan Pippen and Phil Jackson. Great documentary. Some great banner between Jordan and Larry Bird, which we can't really discuss on this show. But ESPN is my real MVP in sports this year. You know, I'm going to go ahead and dot mine out because it goes right into it. My MVP was Michael Jordan for sports for this year because we did have – when we didn't have basketball, we had the last dance, 
And this kind of got to show the younger generation why we all call Michael Jordan the GOAT and it's not LeBron James who's the GOAT. And it also reminded us, too, how great he really was. You know, some of this stuff we hadn't – it's in our minds, but you needed that refresher to just remember how great he was. And the second thing that Jordan did, he quite possibly may have saved the uh, the NBA season. It was already in jeopardy with the uh, COVID situation. And then plus we had um, mounting tensions from uh, social issues that were going on during that time. And um, players were starting to boycott, you know, if you remember, you know, they weren't, they were deciding they weren't going to play. And so Jordan reaches out to um, the NBA player association president, Chris Paul, to get a better understanding, you know, what, what the, basketball players are wanting to achieve you know what are they wanting to get done and so Jordan's able to talk with the other owners and he kind of became the link between the two so really in a way Jordan had a huge hand in um, saving basketball and that great documentary that we had and Jordan's just as popular today as he was 80s 90s whatever so I have to give it to Jordan what about you Rut? Um, Jordan is definitely a candidate. He's somebody I considered, somebody else I considered, uh, going all the way back again, 20 years ago to January. Uh, you look at a guy like, like Patrick Mahomes, you look what they did in the playoffs last year, although I don't want to talk about the playoffs last year or the Super Bowl. Um, Why not? Why not? Much to comment on that, but all those come from behind wins in the playoffs, um, gets engaged to his girlfriend, has a baby on the way. They look like they could be on route to another Super Bowl this year. Um, he's making a bank off State Farm commercials. He signed the biggest contract in history. You could say that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the world uh, right now, but I'm going to go on a little more serious note, and I'm going to go uh, with somebody that maybe not everybody's familiar with, but if we're looking at real-life MVPs, and, you know, I've got to get some wrestling in here. But for those of you that watched the WWE product um, in the late 2000s, mid to late 2000s, the end of the 20 teens, uh, there was a tag team called Crime Time uh, that were two gentlemen. They were kind of a comedy act, but they were good. But Shad Gaspard, um, big guy, I think he's like 6'7 or 6'8 or so, did some bodyguard work, was starting to break through in Hollywood. Um, earlier in the year, uh, he passed away because he and his son fell off a boat in the ocean on the West Coast. Uh, somebody came to rescue them, and he insisted they get his son out first. And when they pulled his son out, he went under, never resurfaced, washed up on shore a few days later. Absolutely tragic, but as – and I'm sure Bennett feels the same way. As a dad, that's something we all would like to say if I was in that situation. Of course I would, and I think we would. But, I mean, literally died to make sure his son was okay um and this was a guy that that had a budding career in hollywood on the way um to me when we, when we talk about mvp that's a, i mean he's a sports i tied him with sports he was a wrestler um 
because of that, I tied him to sports. But just in general, that's MVP level. Um, sorry to get so serious on this show, but Shad Gaspard uh, is my MVP, sports MVP for 2020. You know, that that's another one that seems like that happened four or five years ago, you know. Yeah. It really does. I I forgot that was this year. That's crazy. We've had a we've had a rough year, guys. Yeah. Um but moving on, right? Um what about for for movies? What's been your MVP for movies? Let's bring it back up on the tone here. Uh, my MVP of movies doesn't have a lot to do with movies, but it is tied to a movie franchise. My MVP for 2020 and 2019, John Favreau and the work he's done with The Mandalorian. John Favreau has single-handedly taken... Here's the thing. When, these, when Disney got Star Wars, these new Star Wars movies came out... They brought in some new people. They made good money, but they really kind of distanced themselves from that hardcore original Star Wars fan base. And John Favreau has single-handedly pulled that fan base back in along with the new people. It was said that it was impossible to please a new audience and keep the old people, old fans happy. And John Favreau said, piss on that. Yes, we can. And that's exactly what he's done. The second season of The Mandalorian, which just wrapped a week or two ago, the season finale still has 40, 50-year-old Star Wars fans giddy. My brother, who is in that age range, I won't say his age, he's a little bit older than me, Text me four times from when that came out to when I was finally able to watch it. Did you watch Mandalorian yet? You need to get on Mandalorian. Watch Mandalorian. Um, it was fantastic. He's brought in. He's brought all the old fans back. He's kept this new fan base. And people are excited with what he's going to do with the next season of The Mandalorian, with the Boba Fett series that he's in charge of coming back out. John Favreau has saved the Star Wars fan but a fan base, the franchise, he's the MVP. Yeah, that's 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 hard to beat. Uh, what about you, Howard? What do you got? Well, it's hard to go against Baby Yoda, but I am. Because the last movie I watched in movie theaters was a movie I really didn't want to watch. Uh, my wife, uh, I was a hostage. She took me to Roxy, watched The Invisible Man. Invisible Man, if you haven't watched it, it it's based on the H.G. Wells uh, book. It's a remake of uh, Hollow Man. 91% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it stars um, uh, the lead character from uh, Handmaid's Tale, if you watch that. But it is an excellent movie, and I give two thumbs up. If you haven't watched Invisible Man, do it. All right, my MVP for, for movies is something that was uh, 17 years in the making. And that was <clears throat> Bad Boys for Life and uh, Will Smith. Of course, he starred in, but he also produced it. This thing grossed $426 million. You know, it was lucky enough to come out at the beginning of the year. I think it came out in January. Um, you know, Elrod talked about, you know, the two highest grossing films were from China. Well, this was the highest grossing film here in the U.S. And that's despite, you know, even with COVID going on, it's still – uh, was the highest grossing film in the franchise. 
you know, we had bad boys in 95 and bad boys two and Oh three. So to finally get a third installment, um, this many years later makes it the MVP for me. Um, moving on, Elrod, what have you got for, uh, MVP for music? I'm going to go with Billy Elish. I spoke with her or I speak with her. I spoke about her earlier. I didn't really understand how popular she is here and especially overseas. Uh, she's the most popular female artist on Spotify now. Uh, she's got the lead track uh, uh, to No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. That's a big honor for um, following the footsteps of Madonna, Adele. And that puts her in a superstar status now. And she's got a, um, I guess, a good problem to have. Uh, she, she was scheduled for a huge world tour this year. That didn't happen because of COVID. It's been pushed back to next year. And they were trying to figure out how are they going to do uh, the concerts? Are they going to have to socially distance? Are they going to have to split these, these concerts up? She's went ahead and canceled her tour because she doesn't want to make a decision who can come to my show and who can't. And that has really made a lot of her fans mad that she's flat out done that, but she did it because she doesn't want, she didn't want to make, she didn't want to pick and choose who could, who came to her concert. So Billy Elish uh, uh, is my MVP in music this year. Yeah, she's, she's kind of a big deal nowadays, at least with, with the, the younger people in, in the audience. Um, Ruts, your MVP for music. I think my MVP for music is going to be, if you're into country music, it's going to be Brad Paisley, and here's why. When this pandemic started and everybody was locked down, there was kind of this wave of people doing streaming concerts from their home, from other venues. Brad Paisley was really the first to do that. Um, he was the first to to have that, to stream concerts from home, to do these live streams where he's playing for people, where he's taking requests from people. Uh, then he went out and did really the first run of drive-in shows uh, when he was doing drive-in in the parking lot at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. I think they did it in Indianapolis as well at um, – what is the name of their stadium? Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm -hmm. uh, in a world where they can't do live music, he did everything he could to make sure there was some form of live music, some form of entertainment for people, even if people had to stay at home had to stay in their cars. Others followed his lead and more people did it, but he was really on the forefront of that and made it cool before everybody else started doing it. So my music MVP of 2020 is going to be Brad Paisley. Hmm. That's another good one. I, I forgot that he, he did all that. That was, like I said to that, it, it's hard to believe all this was hmm. 2020. Mine I want to need you guys to bear with me here and hear me out, but my music MVP for 2020 is going to be Justin Bieber. Mm. Yeah, this is not the same Justin Bieber of old that that pops to your mind when you think Justin Bieber. Um, he had a uh, an album this year called Changes, which I think is very uh, very well uh, a very well named for this album for him. It was certified platinum. It debuted at number one. Um, in February, he uh, he made a donation to Beijing to support the COVID relief. 
in May. He had a huge collaboration song with uh, Ariana Grande, Stuck With You, and all the net proceeds went to support the pandemic. And then in September, um, he and Chance the Rapper partnered up with Cash App, and uh, they donated a large sum of money as well to people or fans that were uh, struggling with uh, during the pandemic. And in November, he won three American Music Awards, which was tied for the most. So he he had a good year musically. He had a great year um, with some of his efforts to help um, people struggling with during the pandemic. So Justin Bieber in 2020, better music and a better person. Hmm. So Justin Bieber for me. Um, lastly here, um, Elrod, pop culture, what's your MVP pop culture? This should be pretty good. MVP of pop culture. I didn't have one written down, but I talked about it earlier. It's got to be TikTok. I mean, I mean, it's been nuts. It's nuts how everybody that is in that 16 to 23 and even a lot of older people now, uh, TikTok is having the same thing happen to it that Facebook did. Uh, you had some of the older people start integrating and, and migrating over. That's what's happening with TikTok. The Chinese are spying on us. I know they are, uh, but great fun. Great fun with our 5G. Uh, great fun. If you don't have TikTok, get TikTok. Right. Is your MVP the, the TikToks as well or no? I'm a little too old for the TikToks. Uh, I still have clocks that TikTok, unlike uh, Elrod behind him. That one don't move. Um, but that being said, again, I'm going with maybe a lesser known, but if we're talking about most valuable, we're talking about good people here. When we're talking uh, about, about these MVPs, these valuable people, have you either of you heard of the name of Bill Pulte? P-U-L-T-E. He invented invented Twitter philanthropy. Um, He is a millionaire. um, And he has given away a lot of money this year to random Twitter followers. Last I checked, he's up to like nearly $100 million of his own money he's given away this year to random Twitter followers. People will tweet him. This thing's going bad in my life. I can't afford this for my kids. He'll, here's a hundred bucks. No cash app them a hundred bucks. Uh, somebody random that likes this post will get ten thousand dollars. And other people have picked up on this, but he was at the forefront. He's kind of the father of Twitter philanthropy. Uh, I follow him. I've yet to get any of his money, but it's nice to see that other people have. Uh, it's nice to see there's people in this world that that do care that are blessed and want to bless on with their blessings. Uh, and he's helped a lot of people in some really rough times. So Bill Pulte, my MVP of pop culture. Oh, yeah. That's really cool. Um, seems like I've heard something about that. I guess I need to start following him. Is our show following him? Uh, it will be in a minute. Hold on. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Um, me for pop culture, me and Elrod are kind of on the same page. Mine is the internet and the online services that we have used to our advantage this year. You know, everybody was in lockdown or quarantine, so people really took to the web to interact, like your Facebook, your TikTok, your Twitter, all that stuff. People use the internet to do work or study or meet, you know, Zoom like we use. Um, people took to um, 
online services for takeout, like your DoorDash, your Grubhub, stuff like that. None of these people sponsor us, by the way. I'm just throwing this out here. But they um, should. They should. And um, one thing that we do a lot is we order our groceries online and people will come and drop it off to your doorstep. Easy peasy. So I want to say my MVP has been the internet and the services provided to us during this time. Hmm. Well, 2020 is almost over. We've talked about what's happened this past year, but this final segment is going to focus on 2021, baby. 2020 is about to be in the rearview mirror. We're about to speed on to 2021. We're going to talk about some predictions for the um, upcoming year. And I'll start off. We're, I want to talk about predictions for sports. And I'll throw three out there. My Super Bowl winner for this year, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs will become the first team since the 04-05 Patriots to go back-to-back Super Bowls. But I don't think anybody is stopping Patrick Mahomes in the AFC playoffs. And nobody from the crappy NFC is going to beat Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl in Miami. So uh, that I am going to predict that the Masters winner is yours truly, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is going to show up to Augusta, get his sixth green jacket, which will give him most all time. He will be on the heels of Jack Nicholas going to Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open, where he will also win the U.S. Open as well. He will, he will win two majors this year. Uh, give me some odds on that. I might bet that. And the winner of March Madness, assuming they have it, will be Mark Few. Finally gets over the hump. The Zags, the Gonzaga, is going to win March Madness. That's my predictions for 2021 and for sports. Well, who's next? Right. What do you got? I've kind of I had one, but I was narrowing it down to two. And if you're gonna throw out three, then I'm gonna throw out both of them. Uh, both of mine are actually college football related. And the first one is a little homerism. It's a little personal favoritism. And it's something unconventional that a lot of people are going to think is crazy. I think it's crazy, but I think it's going to happen. Prediction number one, Kyle Trask will not enter the NFL draft this year and will come back to Florida next year. That is my first prediction. He is a Heisman candidate, but if I truly believe he's probably going to be the third Florida quarterback in the last 20 years to get screwed out of the Heisman. (laughs) <laughs> I think he's going to come real close to a Heisman and not get it. I think that we, you know, the Gators were, you know, a thrown shoe away from possibly being in the college football playoff. I think he comes – and when you look, he could be a first-round pick. He could also be the sixth quarterback off the board if he comes out of the draft this year. I think he's got a lot to gain by coming back. I think he does come back. That's my first prediction. Kyle Trask does not go pro this year. This is a bold prediction segment. Here's maybe a prediction that's even bolder that we're going to find out even sooner. And if I have ever been wrong on a prediction, I hope it's this one. But there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of hoopla. 
that Ohio State playing only six games should not have been in the college football playoff. And you know what? I completely agree. That should have been Texas A&M as that fourth team in the college football playoff. Ohio State does not deserve to be there. My bold prediction is they win it anyway. They take home a championship playing only eight games in a season just to royally piss off everybody. But if that is the catalyst to us finally getting that 18 playoff, then I'm okay with it. If it's not that catalyst, then I hate it and I hope to everything that is good that I'm wrong. But that's my bold prediction. Mm. I don't know if they're going to beat Alabama, but we'll see. Bennett, what do you got? My bold prediction is also football-related, but it's NFL, and that is that Tom Brady goes into postseason Tom Brady form, takes out the NFC, and makes a Super Bowl trip with Tampa. Think of what that does for his legacy if he leaves the Patriots and people think he's a system quarterback – he needs Bill Belichick. He goes to a new team and has to learn all the new nuances of a new team. And if he can take them to the Super Bowl, it'd be even crazier if they won it. But think what that would do to um, the story of Tom Brady if he's able to pull that off. So I say Tom do- Brady at least makes the Super Bowl. Did, how much does that diminish Bill Belichick if, if he accomplishes that? <laughs> I think it might. It might make a peg in his legacy, but you still can't take away the Super Bowls and what he did. I think they go hand in hand. I don't think it hurts him too much. Yeah, I think the Patriots will be back to being the Patriots uh, when Cam Newton is not their quarterback. So I think it could hurt Belichick, but I think he would bounce back from that. But it would do a lot for Tom Brady. And I can see that happening too. Right. Give me some bold predictions for movies for 2021. I've got two. One maybe not so bold, uh, but the other probably pretty bold. The one maybe not so bold, 2021 is the kind of resurgence. Only It's only on a down because of 2020. But it's going to come right. It, the, the first franchise to back back to bounce back from the pandemic 2021 is once again going to be the year of marvel morbius black widow eternals um marvel's just going to dominate the box office again this year they're going to be the hottest thing in the world again this year and that's not really a bold prediction here's what's a little bit bolder 2021 is supposed to be the year of the tom cruise comeback it's going to be the year of the Tom Cruise failure. It's going Ooh. to be the year where people say Tom Cruise is done. 2021, is, you've got Mission Impossible 7 coming out, and you have the 30-plus year in the making Top Gun 2 coming out. I absolutely love the original Top Gun. A lot of people love Mission Impossible. I think both these movies are flops. And it's the year it's the year that Marvel will soar and Tom Cruise will crash and burn. What do you say, Bennett? I have uh, I have two movies I think that could very possibly be announced for 2021 and that's a new Friday the 13th movie and a new Power Rangers movie. The reason being, Friday the 13th, we already got a remake of uh, 
Nightmare on Elm Street, which was horrible. We got a remake of Halloween, which was okay. So I think it's only fitting we get another remake of Friday the Thirteenth. It's been it's been well overdue. We need we need one. We need somebody to pick this up. So it very well possibly could happen. And for the Power Rangers, there was a uh, a sequel in the works, but it got nixed due to um, I guess the uh, the profits wasn't what they were expecting for the first one. But there's definitely the potential there. I think somebody could easily pick that up and roll with it and make that sequel. So we'll get a Friday the 13th and we'll get a Power Rangers in the works for 2021. No movie in 2021 is going to be more of a lightning rod than the next movie I'm about to talk about. And that movie is the abomination that is Space Jam 2. This movie is going to be so hated because it's really, it's a culture war. It's the 90s. 90s kids like me will never admit that Space Jam 2 is better than the original. Nobody is. Space Jam 2 will be so bad, or is already so bad in production, that they have got Jim Carrey to come in and reprise his mask character in this movie. I'm not sure how this is going to work. But he is going to be in the movie as the mass character. So that shows you how shaky production has been so far, if they're considering that. So Space Jam 2 will be a flop. I'm telling you, a flop. You just can't, you can't outdo his earnest. All right. Right? Take me to music. What is your prediction for music in 2021? My prediction for music for 2021, we look at, I do believe we will get some live shows again, but I also believe that some live shows won't be uh, as attended as normal. So when I look at this, I look at popularity and I look at demographics. I think this year, as far as live concerts go in music, this is going to be the year of the classic rock rebound. And here's why. I think a lot of our pop stars are a lot of, the younger, uh, maybe more cautious, liberal-ish, not to get political, but unfortunately it's become a political issue, that what your pop singers, your Billie Eilish's, your others, I don't think their concerts, either the artist isn't going to come back this year or their fans are going to be a little skittish about going back uh, to see live shows. Who's not going to be afraid to go back and see live shows are older people that love rock and roll. They are going to be like, get me out of this dang house. I'm going back now. And I think it's the year of the classic rock rebound and the two most attended highest grossing tours of 2021 are going to be the Rolling Stones tour that was supposed to happen this year and got pushed back. And the one simply known as the tour which will consist of the Motley Crue reunion, Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett. Both of those are stadium tours. Both of those will be well attended, even coming down on the, with COVID. Uh, I believe those demographics play out. People are still going to attend these in large numbers. It's going to be the year of the classic rock rebound when it comes to live shows. Those two tours are going to be the highest grossing tours in the United States this year. That's my music prediction. Bennett, what's the music predictions you have? 
you know, call me crazy, but we, we already see it in the works where, like Rhett talked about, where um, a lot of the classic rock bands are uh, making a comeback and going on tour. And I think this um, this ignites some of these um, older-ish bands that have split up. We already know ABBA's getting back together for 2021 as long as um, pandemic cooperates. But I think some of these um, groups that may have split up might see all this and see the success they have and say, you know, wow, this is really awesome that all these bands are getting back together or they're uh, going back on tour and they're doing all these great things. So I think that Outkast reunites and makes new music. They've been on a 13-year hiatus. And I think the state of hip-hop, the kind of the way that it's going, really kind of does fit kind of what Outkast was doing before hip-hop was all this. You know, it's it's not really hip-hop-ish. It's kind of hip-hop and pop and rock and everything mixed all in together. So I think everything lines up perfectly for Outkast to come out of the woodwork and get back together. Mm. Call me crazy. I'm bored with that. Crazy. <laughs> Well, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer here. I don't think we're going to see full stadium tours, concerts as we know it, until late summer. I, I think we're going to be going from January until June without any major concerts in this country. Because I think that this thing is going to – the pandemic will continue to rage until uh, everybody gets vaccine or everybody gets infected. So I, I don't think we will see concerts – in terms of what we have been seeing them pre-pandemic until late summer. So, Debbie Downer, had to be me. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, wah. Bennett, give me some <clears throat> predictions on pop culture in 2021. Pop culture, I hope this one comes true. But Taco Bell is going to see what they did to their menu and what they did to their loyal fans, and they're going to make it right. And they're going to bring back – well, they already have brought back nacho fries – um, they uh, Christmas Eve, they brought back nacho fries. They're going to see how great these nacho fries are, and they're going to keep them on the menu on a permanent basis at some point in 2021, and they're going to make it right for everything that they did in 2020. Yeah, all right. What, do you, what you got? Well, I hope this one comes true. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, but you know what? Optimism is a good thing. 2020 was a down year. Let's look at 2021 as a great year. Here is my bold, extremely optimistic, extremely hopeful prediction for 2021. By this time next year, by Christmas of 2021, COVID-19 will be a thing of the past. We will be post-pandemic. Things will be back to normal by Christmas 2021. That is my bold, nice. optimistic, really hope I'm right prediction. Hope you're right, too. I have the boldest prediction of all time, more so than the pandemic ending. Here's my prediction about pop culture and the internet and the in general. The Convince Me show this time next year will have millions and millions of people that follow us. We'll be the top podcast on, on whatever those things are that we're on. Uh, Tiny URL, YouTube. We'll be 
TikTok stars. This is going to be great. That's <laughs> like, no, no, we're not going to be TikTok stars. We are going to be the top podcast of 2021. I have no doubts. That's the well, bold prediction. It's bold. Bold. I hope all three predictions come true. Well, well here's <laughs> what I'm going to say. Bill, Bill Pulte. I'm going to tag you in this on Twitter. I want you to watch this show. I gave you my pop culture MVP. Give us a bump. Give us some money to to really take this show. We'll, when we start making money, we'll give some back. We'll join on Twitter philanthropy train if I can ever learn to say it properly. We need your help to come in, sponsor our show, let us upgear everything. Buy us a studio. We'll become the most popular thing in the world. We will buy Taco Bell and put whatever the heck we want on the menu. We will bribe Buffalo Wild Wings. Bring back the hot barbecue. And uh, while we're at it, if, if there's any money left over, we'll end the pandemic. That that sounds like a great plan to me. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to get sentimental for a minute. Not really, not as sentimental as I have been in other parts of the show. But this is the end of our first year podcasting. It's compared to where we started, we've grown considerably. Um, we would like to grow a whole lot bigger. Um, there are some people, that there's this myth I heard, I don't know if either of you guys have heard it, there's this myth I heard that some people make money off podcasts. Um <laughs> We do not. Uh, we lose money on this podcast when we add in advertising costs and equipment and all that. We have made very, very little. Technically, we have made some. Thank you to Anchor, who is our sponsor uh, for our podcast. Um, we've made like three bucks off them. Uh, but for the most part, we've made no money. Um, but you know what? This has been a lot of fun. 2020 has sucked but it gave us this podcast and hopefully we'll be talking about this podcast well into like february of 2021 that's my hope uh that we make it that far um we've made it this far we're on episode like 37 surely we can make at least 42 43 yeah hopefully bill we can get to like 56 episodes yeah fantastic that would be a, a full year. Uh, we've been here for 37 episodes. Well, me and Bennett have. Elrod had some <laughs> excuse like COVID or something to miss. Yeah, some, cra- yeah, some cra- crazy excuse. Yeah. So, I haven't but, heard that uh, excuse before. <laughs> hopefully, you guys have been with us for just as long. Those of you that weren't here from the beginning but have joined us since, go back in our archives. Go listen to the old shows. See how bad we really sucked then and how we suck a little less now as we've gotten a little better. Uh, and maybe one day we'll be meh. If we can get to a meh level podcast, uh, I think we'll be happy. But I do want to thank these two gentlemen um, for their contributions so far this year. Bennett with his graphic design work. Elrod said we should do this show on Facebook in its entirety. Um, he bought microphones. I'll give him credit. There we go. Yeah, I bought the microphones. Um, 
but but a lot of contributions from Bennett and a couple from Elrod so far this year. Uh, but I couldn't have done it without these two. But most importantly, we couldn't have done it without you guys. This is a lot of fun. We do a lot of things on the show to entertain ourselves. Um, but we hope it entertains you too. And we hope that 2021 will make 2020 seem like the crap show that it is being. Uh, and we're going to look back at this and laugh uh, at how terrible this show was and how we finally reached meh levels in 2021. Uh, that is my hope. Gentlemen, any parting words for the year as far as the mm. podcast goes? This has been fun. This has been quite an experience. This has been one of my favorite shows that we've done. And apologies to the X-Men. And um, looking forward to 2021. Yeah, I've said that this has been my favorite show probably 36 times now. But this is truly going to be one of my favorite episodes for 2020 and i hope that we through the pandemic and how much this year sucked i hope we've done something to make you laugh or chuckle or entertain you in some way or shape or form every week and here's to bigger and better things in 2021 hopefully that i will echo for mr bennett for mr elrod for 2020 forever we will see you guys next year uh with episode 38 which will be episode number one of 2021 and that will be a very special episode covering i have no idea yet but we'll know by next week we'll see y'all then thanks for joining us so far this year jump over into next year with us and until then peace see you next year ah.